So we started a new series a few weeks ago, and um, kind of catch you up a little bit uh, on, on where we've been and kind of what we're doing. And uh, we're calling this series Summer Stories, and really talking about discovering your story. Everybody has a story, and discovering what yours is, and discovering why it matters, and really discovering the power that it has for your life and for others around you. Um, we all love stories, but there's something about personal experience. Uh, yesterday, I got to do one of my all-time favorite things in the world, uh, which was fly fish in Rocky Mountain National Park. It's my favorite place uh, to fly fish <clears throat> anywhere. Uh, and and I've, I've been to a lot of different places, but there's nothing better. And so uh, Marcellus and I and, and another friend of mine uh, headed out early yesterday morning went uh, to Rocky Mountain National Park, then we hiked several miles up into the mountains uh, to find some high mountain, high elevation lakes, and uh, the fishing was incredible. Um, the scenery was even better. Uh, the company was terrible, but I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it was overall, it was just an incredible time. Now, you can, I could show you pictures of Marcellus's little fish and the beautiful scenery. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I could show you, I can show you pictures uh, of what we, what we saw yesterday. Um, and you know how it is, like pictures, especially when you take them with your phone, never do it justice to what's really there. Um, you can read a book about fly fishing in Rocky Mountain National Park. Literally, I have a book about fly fishing in Rocky Mountain National Park. Uh, and it's a great book because it, it's got all these hiking trail maps. It tells you which lakes... Uh, what, what kind of fish, or really what kind of trout are in each lake and what to expect when you get there. And it tells you the depth and the makeup and the layout of the lake and what the bottom's made out of. It's a great book. Um, but you can read this book but not really understand what it's like to fly fish in Rocky Mountain National Park. I can show you pictures. I can tell you uh, how beautiful it is but you don't really know or understand just from those things. Um, and, and what we're trying to do in this series is help you to discover your story, your experience, uh, so that you can understand what it's like to see and to hear and to feel the presence of God in your life so that you don't have to rely on, on somebody or something else, that you can experience it, helping you to discover your story, and not only discover your story, but to understand why your story matters. And during this series, um, in addition to talking about uh, your personal story, um, we have also invited you um, to share your story, um, invited you to, to take that step and say, man, I want to share my story with others. And, and uh, that's a part of what we're doing in this series um, during, during the month of July. And so you've already got to hear from Roselle and really already get to hear from part of his heart this morning uh, as he kind of opened us and welcomed us uh, to, to prepare for worship. But, but I'm going to invite Roselle up um, today because he's going to share with us his story uh, of who God is and what he has done in his life. So Roselle. Amen. Amen. Wow, brother. I mean, ooh, the, the worship... Um, still in my spirit, but I, I won't go there this this week, but uh, 
Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh my soul. Worship his holy name. That's just, ooh, it's, it's deep. You don't expect me to go up there, do you? Okay, I'll stay right here. I might end up over there, though. Um, so for the next 45 minutes, we'll, uh, no. <laughs> no, but seriously, let me know when we're like five till, give me a, oh, okay, let me speed this up. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so it all started when I was three, if we have 45 minutes. No, um, but since we don't have 45 minutes, I'll, t I'll start when I was five. Uh, so we talk about um, tragedy, from tra tragedy to triumph. And, uh, and just one thing, I, I do want to say thank you, Pastor. Um, and I just, it, it's an honor that you've given me an opportunity to share my story. Uh, so I just want to say thank you and, and honor you as the pastor. I also want to honor my wife of a couple of years, yes, you the beautiful lady over in this, this section, uh, just for uh, sticking with me uh, through the years, through kids and whew, everything. Um, so it, it did. It's, so from tragedy to triumph. Uh, at five years old, guys, uh, uh, my dad was brutally murdered. So, you know, you want to get to know me and my story. I think, you know, that's appropriate, starting at five. Uh, uh, we were at church. He was outside. He wasn't a Christian. And uh, some people rushed in the church. It was like, it was Halloween. And uh, they said my, you know, he was murdered. My, it was actually, my brother was with him. And uh, he comes in trying to get help um, for some men to come out and, and help my dad. And it was like a gang. I guess they were messing with some of the cars or something. He tried to stop them. And it just, it didn't end well. Um, so as a young man, you know, that was pretty traumatic. Uh, um, and uh, that whole thing, and, and, and just uh, that's a precursor to the kind of environment I, I grew up in, you know, it was pretty, a pretty bad neighborhood. Uh, and, <clears throat> and if anyone knows how the cycle goes, when a, a young man doesn't have his father and is just raised in, a, in an element, they're subjected to a bunch of stuff. They don't know what leadership is or what leadership to follow. Uh, and, and praise God for mothers, but a, a, a mother can't raise a man. Let me just say that. Um, you need a man to show a man how to live, how to, to be raised. Um, and so that's what I was subjected to. Uh, and I think a lot of times the enemy comes to, with assignments to abort whatever God's plan is early in life, you know. And, and that was his assignment. But like I said, you know, I, I set this up to say from tragedy to triumph, you know, God is able, you know, in spite of the statistics and in spite of your environment, God has a plan, you know, and I, I just praise God that there was a plan for my life. Um, so it was a couple of years, uh, of, you know, my mom, I, I never saw her not working. You met her the other day. You see what a powerful woman of God she is. Uh, and she's a powerful woman of God. That's a staple in my life to know that God can take you through anything. You know, I, I don't ever remember going to bed hungry. The house that I was born in is the same house she has now. Um, and she just made it work. She worked for the city for 35 plus years, hardworking, spiritual woman. And that's who I have as a reference. You know, you, you talk about a real story. Uh, you, we have Bible stories, but to have a living example within your household is powerful. Um, so that's what 
you know, I had. And then she got married, and she she got married to a pastor, but he never had any children. So as a matter of fact, he was a Marine, uh, and at one point he was a drill sergeant. So just disclaimer, I, I'm surprised I don't have to go through therapy now. Um, but it was... So it, it was a, a situation where I, I think I was conditioned a lot. Uh, the church I went to was very much so where it was about your performance. You know, it was a church, but it wasn't really based on your relationship with God and how you led him into the crevices of your heart and to the deep and dark places of your heart. It was more of what I could show you at the peripheral. If I can keep you here then you don't need to look here because it looks like everything is all good. And I have a story where, you know, there's a lot of people who've come from prison and they used to steal and shoot people and all that. That wasn't me. Never been that kind of person. Matter of fact, on the outside, it's all good. I was an uh, honor student. Uh, you know, I, I, I sung. I was a very good leader. Um, and so... As far as being good, that's me. But that was always also a challenge. So there's another story I think that people need to hear that it's not just God saved me from drugs and alcohol because I didn't do any of that. But there's another side, and I think that's why God has given me this story where being good is not enough. You know, and, and, and doing the right things is not enough when it comes to God. And it's very appropriate, I think, of what you started out talking about, that there's more to God than just a behavior chart, a checkbox. You know, did I, did I say good morning this morning? Which I did, by the way. You know, did, did I say, did I make breakfast? Did I, did I dot the I's, cross the T's? God is not a chart. And it took me a while. So I was saved at, a, at an early age but it took me some years to get through that point of, Roselle, it's not about what you do. Because as a matter of fact, it even says, your righteousness is as a filthy, filthy rags. And if you look deeper, there's children in, in the uh, room, so I won't. But research what, what those filthy rags were. I mean, it's pretty filthy. Um, you know, if you look into what that meant. So in other words, Roselle, whatever you do, you can bring your best. You can, you can be uh, the humanitarian, run the humanitarian ward, but it's not about what you can do in your life. It's more about what I can do in your life. And it, there was a song you mentioned, or you sung, a part of it was something like Discover the Mysteries, something like that. Um, and you living the life on your terms, you'll never be able to see God's mysteries. I, this is how it was for me. God would come to me, and I would say, hey, God, you, 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 Roselle, what about this part of your life? Well, God, let's not look at that right now. Look at all this good stuff. Woo! Look at my display. Look at my showcase. And it, it, I almost look at it as this. You know, you have the showroom. You have all the beautiful cars, everything that you want everyone to see right there, but then there's a door, right? And as God would approach that door, hey, God, wait, what, what about this car? You don't, you don't need to go there. You know, look at all this stuff I've done. Look at all these accomplishments I've done. 
And God is like, that's not you. That's, that's your representative. I'm here to work on the true you behind that door. The things that you're ashamed of in your life, the things that you don't want to talk about, the things that you don't want to represent who you are. I'm the God of that stuff, not the stuff that you're trying to impress me with because I'm not impressed. That was my whole life was impressing people, you know, being very performance driven, you know, being the person and, you know, that everyone wants to see, everyone wants to like, that's me. But God is like, no, in order for you to discover who I am as God, the God of the universe, the God who actually has a purpose for your life, I need to be able to get behind that locked door that you have bolts and chains and, you know, warning, do not enter on, you know, danger, do not cross. I need to be a part of the real you. And so, I, like I said, guys, I was, I was saved. But I think when you cross that line and you're able to say, God, you want to be a part of all of me, all of my existence, everything I am, that's when relationship starts. And it's a beautiful thing. The David, that we talked about earlier today, David said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I think you only, so relationship starts when there's that conflict, when, when there's that shame of who I am, but the other person on the other side says, you know what, that's all right. Because I love you, I love all your stuff. I'm willing to accept all your stuff. You know, the stuff you don't want anyone to see. So, honestly, I mean, there was my experience as a Christian that was Roselle-driven, which went on for years. I mean, it was so dramatic to me that I'm like, I didn't even, after that point, I didn't, I didn't, I'm like, was I really a Christian even? It was just that dramatic because it was, it was the Roselle show. And I had to let go of control. And, and that's part of it, you know, letting go of control, letting go of your security. That showroom I was talking about, that was my security. You know, I wouldn't let people, well, you know, I, I don't know if I wouldn't let people, but people didn't even bother to go past the show because they were dazzled. I knew how to, hey, you know, a little pixie dust and woo, you know. Um, so, you know, that going past that and, and giving up that control of my image, in other words, and allowing God to handle everything in the back office allowed me to enter into a place with God that was was magical. And that's where things happen. That's where God's purpose is. And that's where the miracles of your life, that's where the discernment of your life, that's where the power, the anointing of God really can work within your life. And so you're ashamed of life, but you really don't experience life until you let him behind that door. And that is amazing to me. And it's something that God has put into me to really share. You know, that's my platform. That's my testimony is that in order to have a relationship with God, guys, it's not about what I think about you. It's about what you allow God to do in your life. And that's the same thing, you know, when we talk about worship and, you know, a song comes on, God touches your heart. But instead of you flowing into that place with God, I'm looking at my neighbor you know, we have to be able to press past that, you know, press past what my neighbor thinks or, or 
we have to be real, in other words. We have to be real with God. You know, we have to go and press into a place with God that God can really demonstrate why he even put you here. Because what you think you're here for, God has this big, huge thing that he's created and put you on this earth to do, but we limit ourselves to this just because of our comfort zone. You know what I mean? Amen. And, and for us to be able to let go of that control that we think we have control of and accept the gift that God has, the world, there's no limit to God. You know, what you feel you have control of, the, what you feel is, is what your purpose is for is not even in the same category of what God has in store for you if you can let go of that control, let go of that comfort. Amen? Was that too deep? You guys, you guys are very pensive. Well, that's good. So, so let, let us, you know, this year, you know, and I'll, I'll, if you want to talk to me more about it, how did you get there? How was how that working out in your life? I'm available to talk through it. But in order for us to really experience God the way he's designed it to be, you got to let go. You got to surrender it all. When they talk about surrender and putting it at God's feet, that's part of it. You know, giving it to God in exchange. Well, I will say in expectation that you're going to receive something better. Amen? All right. So can, can we pray? Are you going to pray on? Okay. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just thank you for this opportunity to come before you, come before your people and share a gift, a revelation that you've given to me. And I, I know it's hard because for years I struggled with the same thing, and I thought that that was it. I thought impressing you was the thing. But, God, you, you blessed me to open my eyes to see that you had so much more, God. And I pray that same gift will be bestowed on, on your people today. God, and I would ask even before they leave this place, God, that you would open their hearts, open their highs, Lord God. I ask that you would reveal truth if there's stuff in their hearts that would prevent them from seeing you, God. God, we just want to see you. We want to experience the fullness of you, God, even now. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, Roselle made uh, so many powerful points as he was sharing his story um, about what happens when God steps into our, our lives and when God creates a story within us. Um, the Bible tells a story about uh, two men named Peter and John in Acts chapter 4. Uh, and Peter and John are one day walking into the temple to go pray. Um, this is after Jesus has died on the cross, he's resurrected, he has spent some time with his disciples, and then ascended back to heaven. And, and they're walking into the temple in Jerusalem, uh, and there is a lame man there begging for money. And they look at him, and Peter says, um, gold and silver I do not have, but what I do have uh, I'll give to you. And in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, stand up and walk. 
And the man stands up uh, for the first time in his life and walks into the temple with John and Peter, dancing and jumping and praising God. Well, you can imagine what kind of attention that's going to draw. It, it, because everyone who's in the temple there just walked by this guy. They just walked by him. He was laying right by the gate to get in, and they just walked by him to go in the temple. And now he's in there dancing and singing and praising God. And so um, a crowd begins to gather. And if you have your Bibles, I want to read a few verses um, for us out of Acts chapter 4. And the first one is verse 12. And it says this, And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people. He sees everyone gathering around. Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this, or why do you stare at us as though, though by our own power or piety we have made him walk? And so as the attention is being drawn on Peter and John, um, it, it starts to become right the Peter and John show. Roselle, Roselle called it the Roselle show uh, 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 a minute ago, right? It, people were beginning to look at Peter and John for, for what they had just done. Uh, which is, I think, something that happens, like Roselle said, in a lot of our lives, where we have this image that we put before people that we want them to see. But John and Peter understood that it really wasn't about them. I mean, that's essentially what Roselle just shared with us, that, that he had to come to a place where it was no longer about him, and it wasn't about what he could do, and it wasn't about how he could impress others or impress God, but it was allowing God to take control and to begin working. And John and Peter addressed the crowd by saying, why are you looking at us as though we have done something? There's somebody more powerful that you need to be looking at. And that's essentially why we share our stories. That's why your story matters. It doesn't matter what the details of your story are. It may be like Roselle. You may have grown up in a rough neighborhood. You may have experienced unspeakable tragedy as a young child. Maybe you grew up in a very affluent suburban community with great parents. Maybe your beginning is totally different. You know, Roselle uh, told us, you know, alcohol and drugs were not his problem. Kenny shared his story last week, and it wasn't well into his 30s that he was finally uh, able to understand the power of Christ who could relieve him of his alcoholic addiction. And he had, gone, he had spent his whole adulthood going to the bottle, looking to find satisfaction. Maybe your story's like Kenny's. Maybe your story's like Roselle's. Maybe yours is something totally different, but there's something powerful about your story because it shows what God can do. That's what John and Peter were doing. They were pointing people towards Jesus. Well, John and Peter are going to continue to preach to the crowd, and the rulers of the temple begin to get angry because now attention is being on Jesus and what Jesus has done and what Jesus continues to do. And so the rulers of the temple begin to get angry. And they actually arrest Peter and John, uh, begin threatening them, begin questioning them. Uh, and if you read further down, excuse me, I, I told you Acts chapter 4. We're going to be Acts chapter 4 now. Earlier we were in Acts chapter 3, verse 12. Now we're in Acts chapter 4. Um, and in Acts chapter 4, starting in verse 8, it says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, that's the, the rulers of the temple who are so angry, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, 
by what means this man has been healed. Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Just like Roselle shared with us, there is no amount of impressive deeds you can do, no religious to-do list, no amount of hard work will ever be enough. Because it's not about what you can do. It's about what God will do in you. And just as Peter and John shared with the crowd, hey, 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 don't look at us as though it were our power who healed this man. They then turn to the rulers and say, listen, there's really no true power outside of Jesus. And that's what your story can show people. That's what your, your story can illustrate for people in a way that, that, that almost no other way can. And so as the rulers begin to debate about what they're going to do with Peter and John, about how they're going to handle this situation, um, they certainly want to get rid of Peter and John. They certainly want to punish them, but they also realize that there's a great crowd of people out there who are excited about what's just happened. Uh, they were excited because this crippled man is now singing and dancing and worshiping inside the temple, and they're trying to figure out what to do. And so they come to them, and in verse, uh, in verse 18 of Acts chapter 4, it says, So they, the rulers, called them, that's Peter and John, and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. When you experience God's power in your life and He changes your story, you can't help but talk about it. You know, I mentioned earlier fly fishing in Rocky Mountain National Park. I can show you a picture, right? You can read a book. You can watch a video on YouTube of somebody doing it, whatever you want. But, but there's something about seeing it and experiencing it yourself. And John and Peter had that personal experience. They said, we can't help but speak of what we've seen and heard. That's your story. How God has moved in your life. How you have seen and heard and experienced God in powerful ways. And your story has the power to show others the power of God. To show others what Jesus can do in your life and through your life. That really, in the end, it's not about the Roselle show. It's not about the John show. It's not about the Peter show. It's not about the Adam show. It's not about what impressive things you can do or put in front of people. It's about the power of God at work in you. And your story can show people just what God can do and wants to do in their lives. Will you pray with me?